0: Welcome back to Prem de la Prem, first episode of 2019. It mm-hmm. is new year, new us. We are locked and loaded, fully recharged, and ready to bring you the good word. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing?
1: Uh, not quite as good as you. I wouldn't say fully recharged in the new year, but I suppose we'll get into the why oh, a little bit later. It. But I am thrilled to be back on the podcast. Um, last we spoke, you were headed to, uh, to Cardiff, I believe and what was a glorious day for all all of the reds some Uh, say
0: that was the day everything changed and i just happened to be there coincidence coincidence yeah Yeah. Mm. too soon to say experts do debate
1: (laughs) it's a yeah there's the scientific community is divided uh but Uh, no i am it is good to be back because we do have a lot of interesting
0: things to talk about and then and then and even more i would say yeah And I think I'm energized enough for the two of us, so if you're not good listeners, Uh, part of our New Year's resolution was to bring you guys some new content. Mm. Uh, We've got an, (laughs) I think I speak for everyone when I say, an incredibly entertaining interview with our first guest ever, a man by the name of Andrew Samora. You don't know him yet, but I get a sense you will know him by the end of the interview pretty intimately. And um, hopefully that becomes the first of many interviews that we do. Um, we've got some segments that you know and love back on the menu and I hope I'm not speaking too soon but you might see this episode on our social media that yes is,
1: yeah, yeah I gotta say we got it we're, we're making the push so if you're a, if you've been a listener before the push we appreciate you uh, but yeah we are we were ready to to take this thing worldwide
0: I think our Twitter handle still has the egg picture on it um, yeah well yeah.
1: hey let's let's an in Instagram the egg just got the most likes ever, so let's not sleep oh, on it.
0: Oh, true, true. All right, we're an anti-Kendall Jenner podcast, then. I thought it was Kylie. Pardon me.
1: Pro-Kendall.
0: Not a great start.
1: Yeah, real bad, especially for the friends and family blast. <laughs> we haven't even started talking about soccer yet.
0: All right, well, it feels like the right time to yeah, switch it over. We? And in true Prem De Prem fashion, we haven't changed our stripes completely because yeah. there's a title race raging... But you know we're looking at that race for the top four like it's a snack, and yeah. I think most of all, uh, it's a three-horse race, and two of which are our beloved teams. Um, Patrick, I sat down with you over the weekend to watch Arsenal take on Chelsea, which, uh, as excited as you might have been about the result, it was not the game that was promised to me.
1: Yeah, and you, you, you might be forgetting—I wasn't even that game. Didn't excite me, you know. It was, it was mundane. It was. Arsenal kind of like just doing enough against like a bottom tier side is what it felt like. And I don't mean that as, you know, really disrespect to Chelsea as a whole, but you mentioned it when we were watching it, it was about as bad as I've ever seen them look. Uh, that was, that was your take. If I'm, if we're going to go on the record and, you know, mm-hmm. quote our sources, but
0: I do appreciate that. Yes.
2: Yeah. But it
1: was, it was a game where, you know, I was frustrated by some of the mistakes Arsenal was making, but I expected Chelsea to make us pay. And there was a point where, you know, you know, you know, even in the, you know, seventieth minute, I was just I was relaxed against Chelsea with Arsenal's defense. It, it, it was didn't ext- make sense. Yeah,
0: it was extremely strange. I had never seen Chelsea put up so little of a fight for for a derby. For God's sake, that was mm-hmm. a London derby. It might not be Arsenal Spurs. Um, but it's one of the most heated games you you know you cross on the calendar, and let me just say it was it was a privilege to watch that game with you. And I think I was watching you just as much as I was watching the game because right. you came in like a man possessed in the first twenty <laughs> minutes with the disgruntlement of a man who uh, felt himself losing from the minute the kickoff started. Yeah, and then and then there was a gradual realization after they stopped putting up a fight from the early two nil. Uh, from 2-0 going into the half mm-hmm. that you just kind of sank back into your chair and it wasn't out of excitement it was almost disbelief that the game was so one-sided.
1: I think it was also relief. It was an Ars- like I've got to stress out about Arsenal West Ham. And then the fact that I don't have to stress about Arsenal Chelsea in the second half and especially you mentioned you know it's it's mm-hmm. the derby that the game um it was the second week of the season match week 2 when Arsenal went to Stamford Bridge and that was a a game that could have been you know a 10 goal game with the way the chances were flying and ended up 3-2 Chelsea. You know, I think that pe- people were expecting some fireworks but Chelsea just didn't deliver and I I I think that you got you you have an opinion of why that is. I think that they may have answered that in the transfer market but it's just yeah. playing Hazard through the middle doesn't seem to be working.
0: You make a good counterpoint with uh, the week 2 Stamford Bridge occasion because it felt to me the game we were watching it was it was sloppy. You know, Arsenal yeah. took their chances to some extent, but it was a sloppy game. And I think if Chelsea showed up the way they did in their home fixture, it could have been a similar result because that was a game of mistakes and missed chances and taken chances too.
1: Yeah. Obama young missed two sitters, McIntyre mm-hmm. missed a Sitter. You know, how many, how many chances did Chelsea gift Arsenal? I know Arsenal's used to gifting chances and, but Chelsea took those chances in that game. And then I think, you know, the game settled, but at two, two, but this game just settled at two, right. nothing. Um, and it really, I don't think it was for a lack of opportunity for Chelsea. You know, I think that when the game settled, Koscielny and Socrates played well together as a brief kind of rare flash at, you know, a, an Arsenal center back pairing not not being horrible. Um, <laughs> you know, the, that that's like, and, and you, you, you spoke to it. That's where my head was at and still is really with it's like, Arsenal. It's like Haley's Comet. Yeah, I'm like, you, I told you, you before the game, it. I told you during the game, I was like, I'm not even happy that they're up 2-0 at halftime because I know they're going to blow it and it's going to make me more upset. It oh, wasn't until yeah. kind of I saw, you were saying it early, that it just, you know, we caught Chelsea on their day. And, you know, I I, I mean, it was true in the end. I, I didn't believe it until 60, 70 minutes into the game. But, uh, yeah, they, it, looked, they looked real bad.
0: Yeah, well, uh, set the scene for me. Let's let's take the two teams apart from the game itself. Okay. Arsenal, we are looking at an Arsenal team coming off that victory that is sitting in fifth place, um, three points behind Chelsea now, uh, tied on points only above on goal difference to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And I think with Emery, you you mentioned murmurings of this on the Arsenal Reddit subreddit, which I know you troll uh, mm-hmm. quite frequently. I do. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you're a, you know, just a lurker or if you post every now and then, but essentially a lot more last year. DeCrow 2 1. Mm, Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think what you see a lot there is uh, the sentiment that Emery's honeymoon is, is well and truly over because the prospect of Europa League football, again, is starting to become pretty real. And, um, you know, I don't know how often you frequent Arsenal fan TV, but even they're starting to take a bit of the stick out on uh, the man himself.
1: Yeah, Arsenal fan TV, you know, bless them for what they've done, but they're not for Arsenal fans. You know, that's that unless you're like, I'm not that large of a – a sadist yet that I need to be watching Arsenal fan TV, but that's for your United fans. That's for your Liverpool fans. That's for everyone to get a, their, get their rocks off laughing at Arsenal. Yeah. Conspiracy
0: uh, theory. Arsenal fan TV is for everyone except Arsenal fans. Cause yeah, God, God, do I love it?
1: Yeah. It's not even, that's not even too much of a stretch, but, but yeah, so Arsenal, they've been struggling going back to, you know, I'd even say early to mid December, uh, mid, mid to late rather. That's probably to be a little bit more fair, but uh, you know, every, the big wake-up calls, you know, they finally... They lost a couple games, and then, you know, people kind of thought, okay, well, you know, we knew that was going to happen. Then, I'm forgetting who exactly they lost to, but they lost... They lost a game, or maybe they drew a game before um, before the Liverpool game, but that's to kind of, kind of set the stage for a little bit of uncertainty. And then, they drew Brighton. They drew Brighton, is what they did. They drew Brighton mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. and then... And they looked poor, and then they got... Embarrassed is really the only word against Liverpool. You know, a game that was decided within 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. They Just, scored the first goal, too. People forget that.
1: They did. Uh, Maitland-Niles. Bud catcher. Uh, but, yeah, and he, he bounced back against Fulham, lose to West Ham. So, going into this Chelsea game, I didn't really think we had much looking forward to. You know, I think that, yeah. that everything... It's, I, 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 the honeymoon might be over. I hope that his leash isn't over because he's done some positive things. I think that the pace, the pace in the premier league is just really unattainable for even a top six side. That's trying to rebuild at any capacity to keep up. Um You know, it's just, it's just, you know, Tottenham just loses a couple games and they're already out of the conversation. You know, that's just the pace this league is at. Um, so I'd like people to kind of remain a little more patient with Emory. Um, where I'm losing my patience with Emory is just I'm struggling to see the vision, and when I'm struggling to see the vision, it's tough for me to see. You know, you take Lacazette out at the 60th, 70th minute every game. Mm-hmm. Ozil to not be in the team. Ozil to be in the team but not see the field in a London derby. You know, there's just things that are a little tough for me to kind of complete my buy-in, uh, and and you know i'm not deluding myself into the fact that i think arsenal's a title contender um but i will be <laughs> i, I didn't will know that be I was on the table yeah you know, well james trust me you know there's there's i mean at any point in the season you know there 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 might have been um a point in the season where you know when arsenal was on that win streak that they're like when we were looking at that like after that tottenham win you you look at the liverpool game and you say what if you know what if we we ride this streak out and then we can get a result at, at Liverpool like what, what where will we be then. Uh, and that obviously didn't happen. But I think that you know there's certainly some fans that might delude themselves but I would I would still as it stands be disappointed if we are not in the Champions League next year by one way or another. Right. Uh, and and that was that was my expectation going into this season which find a way to get back to Champions League football. And the Europa League is a fine route to me. Top 6 in the Europa League is a good season to me. You know 5th and not winning the Europa League is not a good season to me. Right. So, so uh, and I think the jury's still out on a lot of things he's doing. As far as how we're sitting in the table, I like what, like I, yeah, we're we're ahead of United, but on goal differential alone, and the fact that we're even on points with what United is right now, you know, I, that's not a place it's, I want to be. Yeah, and, but Tottenham I mean, and Chelsea, they they don't look so intimidating. The only thing about Tottenham is they're still seven points clear, so we'll see. But I'm I'm still confident that Arsenal can can get Champions League. And I'm, I want people to be patient. I mm-hmm. want Ozil to play. I want Lacazette to play a full ninety. There's things that I have critiques on, sure, yeah. but yeah, um, like why is Granit Xhaka um, playing football at all? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. But you know, that's, that's 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 all I got on Arsenal. I don't know if you had anything to it, to share on is, them. I, I've fallen right back into the New Year's same me trap and just rambling about what I think about Arsenal. But oh, I'm cutting uh, it off it was, relatively hey. quickly.
0: It wouldn't be the show if you didn't do that, and I Fair think that's play. what viewers come to you know know and love from you. So yeah. don't don't ever change, Patrick. Oh well, I got to change a little, but yeah, I, yeah. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm so. If, do you, uh, you have
1: anything on Arsenal? Anything you want to yeah, refute? I, any knives no. you want to twist about Ozil?
0: Well, you did mention struggling to see the vision, and I think quite literally uh, it must be tough for Ozil to see from behind those butthole eyes, <laughs> sitting <laughs> sitting on the bench. He could pick a <laughs> he, pass from anywhere. He could pick a pass from anywhere. Oh. Yeah. Uh well, I don't know. He seems to be pre- keeping that seat on the bench pretty pretty warm. We and got
1: it this week for the first time in a while.
0: What what hit me when we were actually watching that game together was, you know, I love to give you stick about Ozil and talking about how he's overrated, which I still do believe, yeah. and how, you know, he shouldn't be in the conversation as one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, etc. Um it's my takes almost gotten a little embarrassingly true <laughs> given recent events that I almost want to backtrack because it doesn't make sense to me anymore, and it feels like people are, are genuinely believing my stick in the fact that your midfield was comprised of Torreira, Gunduzi, Xhaka, and Ramsey. And for for someone to tell me that Ozil doesn't deserve a place in there, let alone being in that best midfielder um, in the Premier League conversation is, is just strange. And it strikes me with a similar sort of Paul Pogba syndrome that was going on when Mourinho was around. Yeah. And I wonder and if it's going to end the same way for that, for that matter.
1: Right. I mean, I, I don't think that Emery is on a short leash. I really don't. Um, I think things would have to go really, really bad for him to.
0: Right. In this sense, this year. maybe the uh, conclusion would go the opposite way. Uh, yeah. Premier
1: and so Leagues. that's, yeah, that was the point that I was alluding to is that there's, um, I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities for Ozil to be gone in the summer. Uh, I think that that's you know I wouldn't I don't want I I don't wanna, I, I'd almost even say it's fifty fifty because I I don't I don't see Ozil changing his game and I don't and I think that Emery's one of those guys who's pretty stubborn about you got to play in my system and I don't think Emery's on a short leash and you know you know that pains me to say just what I what I think about Ozil and what he yeah. can bring to this team mm-hmm. but I mean to me you find a way to put. A guy with that kind of talent in your team, especially when you are starting Gunduzi, Ramsey, who's a guy you're trying to sell. Xhaka, a guy who can't complete a forward pass, and you know, bless him, Torreira, but he's not that that guy. Like Torreira was making bombing runs forward. Like you can't tell me that's the bet. That's that's the best way to get the ball to Aubameyang and Lacazette against Chelsea. Like, please, I'm, you know. I, mean, like,
0: I was I was watching the way that the uh, I think it was the post match uh, sort of tracker lined up your team, and it was a cluster. I think that's the best way to describe it. I'm not even taking the piss. It was a yeah. cluster of Terrera, Gunduzi, Jacca, Ramsey. You know, it was no central defensive. It was no center attacking. Right, left. It was just a blob. And right. they they did as they will. Yeah, I I that,
1: that that's the that's the part that's frustrating. I can have a lot of patience with Emery. I can I can back him getting rid of Ozil if that is for the better. Of Arsenal, even if it's a, a three or four year plan, I can mm-hmm. back that. But when you say you're going to bench Ozil for tactical reasons and go out there and just watch Granite Xhaka do nothing and mm-hmm. Alex Iwobi take people on, and you don't find Lacazette's runs ever, and you're just basically bombing Kalizniak and Bellerine down, the, down the, the flanks and just hoping they could bash it into the middle. I, I struggle to see how Ozio can't help that team going forward. Mm-hmm. That's that's it, what is confusing to me.
0: And if the results don't come in in the near future, it's going to get harder and harder to defend. So that's an interesting space to watch. Yeah, and um, it's
1: not like it's not like it hasn't worked. You know, we're staying on this a little longer than I wanted, but the talks that I, that, that they're talking about is potentially bringing in Thomas Rodriguez from Bayern in this window <laughs> well, on a loan with a with a buy clause, and if that happens. <laughs> I think that that is the that is the the final nail in in Mesut Ozil's coffin, so to speak, mm. when it comes to his time. And
0: well, that's a big if, yeah, because um, I've not seen that, but you know, yeah, it's will, it's, it's tier tell. two,
1: tier two on the Arsenal subreddit. So it's like <laughs> it's not Ornstein, who is who's the who's the god of Arsenal news, works for BBC, uh, Daily but Mail it's, back
0: pages. Yeah, you a little Sky Sports, <laughs> oh,
1: I uh, love the it. Carl Pilkington Express. But I think that what, um, you know, talking about the in and the outs of the transfer window is a natural segue to, to Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea have been buyers in this window, and they've been buyers of attacking players.
0: Yeah, let's pivot to Chelsea. Um, I think the headline stealer that was unanimously agreed upon analyzing that Arsenal-Chelsea game was the lack of the forward, you know, mm-hmm. where Morata's kind of um, – thrown in the towel um why isn't Giroud playing but I do want to spare a quick word on a very suspect um occurrence in the game and one that might have led to result uh you had a very astute observation that the uh the management team were wearing Carabao cup jackets
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah they they I mean I I thought it was just sorry at first and would have made for a better story that sorry just I wish you he know, was. Takes just his, sorry. Yeah, he just takes his clothes home and then he goes well, that's, to work. That's the and, jacket
0: he keeps his cigarette stubs in. Right.
1: Yeah. You don't want to mess up the real prem jacket with the with the stubs. Uh, <laughs> but he. But yeah, the whole team was doing it. So so the equipment manager just grabbed the wrong thing. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the bad omen. You can't be. Yeah. Because the Carabao Cup. Maybe that was why they were uh, low T on the field and weren't really He's coming with it.
0: Very low T. Um, yeah. And be low T. Low T. We'll see if the testosterone issue gets solved by getting rid of Pretty Boy Murata, and bringing in a, some would say, over-the-hump Higuain to replace them.
1: Uh, over-the-hump, can't finish in big games, fat and slow. Uh, a lot of things people say about Higuain, but yeah. I do think he is still a factor, and I think that that is a great addition for them. Uh, you know, He's been playing at the top level for, gosh, I mean, it feels like a decade. I don't know how long it's actually been, but... Uh, he's playing been, in Italy he's been the first choice remarkably the first choice striker for Argentina uh, in the last couple world Cups <laughs> so I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a difference maker for them I really do
0: yeah um I can't say I disagree off the bat I mean he's been doing it for some top teams for a while and you know he has had a tendency to show up for Argentina um, when other players haven't but uh, there was an interesting trend that I noticed where Chelsea is almost creating problems for itself. And I think the trend you'll notice is a lot of it stems back to their enigmatic uh, owner, Abramovich. But you have players who were objectively good players Mm -hmm. that were hot-headed and got replaced. So you've got a player like Diego Costa, who I think he was a really easy guy to hate. But I think everyone knew objectively he was a good player. You get rid of Costa. Marata comes in the same year not as good, and then now they're taking a punt on Higuain to come in and be that guy, and then the interesting part about this is you flip it to uh, Antonio Conte, their manager, who won them a Premier League trophy and a, an FA Cup um, beating United, and um, I don't think he got replaced for lack of winning, it was more just personalities clashing, and then you mm-hmm. bring in this guy, Sorry, and you know, we, I mean, we're a pro Sorry podcast, we love the right. guy, um, but this this past weekend did not need, leave him in a good light and i guess my point is chelsea's not they're not they don't have a forced hand they're they're consciously making these changes that seem like downgrades both in players and management
1: yeah i mean they the the um but they they've been very active this transfer window and it kind of like to that point i like what did they really do you know they got rid of fabregas and i think his time had come in the prem uh, mm-hmm. you know and you know he'll he'll always be be a special player for me, and I think the the league as a whole. Uh, and then they they buy Pulisic, but they're not going to get him till the summer, which I think says something about Hazard, or what they're at least doing as contingency for Hazard. Right. Uh, and then they bring in Higuain, like you said. They don't you don't really know what's going on with Murata. Um,
0: Murata you know, is have... officially um, off to Atletico.
1: Oh, it is. He is. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. that happened
0: today. That
1: was okay. So they were basically just waiting on the Higuain move to finalize, right. and then right. he's out. So you got to assume, you know, they can get back into a little bit of a cadence with, um, you know, Hazard being on the wing, with you know, Giroud being kind of your super striker sub. Higuain is your starter, and then Willian and Pedro are kind of fighting it out on the other wing. Um, but I think one of the bigger issues is like you have to start looking at Con- uh, at-, at Conte's tactics a little bit because he's playing. Jorginho and Conte in the middle of a team, it's like where like without a real influence going forward out of the midfield. I think that that they're just missing kind of a piece that comes out of that midfield where Fabregas was a little bit of, um, you know, even longer ago. You know, Lampard, um, you know, more recently, you know, who, who played along on Conte.
0: Um, it Last was, year, I'm trying to remember. Once upon a time, it was like an Oscar type of player. Yeah, play through the middle, right? But I think point taken that it's just a it's just very strange the way Sari is kind of sticking to his guns, and you know he has his players who he like who he likes, Jorginho, who's he's playing he's playing Conte's position. And Conte's the best player in the world at his position. Right. And I, I don't think there's been a clear explanation to that yet other than sorry, you know, he sticks with his players. So I do feel is gonna be the kind of the whipping boy, um, if if results don't come through for them.
1: He's the Chelsea's granite Jaka. Uh
0: yeah. You
1: know, with without much explanation, has found himself in a very prominent role <laughs> and seemingly is immovable from that lineup. You've got
0: to you've got to love just when a when a team identifies that one player who's responsible for everything. A Phil Jones, if
1: you yeah, know. yeah, Phil Jones. Oh, that, that, that's a fun little exercise. So we got Phil Jones, Granit Xhaka, Jorginho. Who would you say is that player on all the other uh, top Ooh, six we could, sides? We
0: can make a five-a-side team.
1: Ooh, a five-a-side of the the shit players on the top six that always get minutes.
0: Well, when you look at City and Liverpool. Um, it's pretty hard because those are the actually good teams. <laughs> I go jo- I think J- Jordan Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. yeah. Oh oh there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah Who yeah. says we don't have synergy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody who's listened. Uh for City. Delph.
0: It's gotta be Fabian Delph. No?
1: I guess he's not I was I was thinking Otamendi, but Odomendi doesn't really play anymore. I might I mean, even Del- go Ederson, But it's Ederson or Delph. <laughs> But yeah, they're just too fucking good. Yeah, Tottenham. I'm, yeah, it's tough. Who's Tottenham?
0: Oh, they're all shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's oh,
1: Deli Alley, but he's actually good. That's true. Yeah,
0: that's that's a hell of a team. Pochettino, it's Pochettino. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, future United great, Pochettino. Mm-hmm. It's true. I did want to end the Chelsea. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Column on something that I found pretty hilarious, given everything that's happened this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jose Mourinho is taking a punditry in his free time, and Love it. when asked his opinion on how Arsenal Chelsea uh, played out, I shit you not, he he gave advice to Sari, and his advice was give the players more creative freedom.
1: Oh God, he is the best man. He is he's just trolling. the best. He's he knows exactly so hard, what he's right? doing. He knows exactly what he's doing, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. Cannot get enough of that guy. Uh, I'm sad to see him go for a lot of reasons. Uh, you're probably not so much, but. What, yeah, we're, we're 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 knocking out the transitions between teams today because after Jose Mourinho left, not only has United not lost,
0: they haven't drawn. Is that correct? Um. Yeah. No. They are a hundred percent. They are full on a hundred percent with the Mourinho. Uh, tumor expunged from the team and (laughs) I think to your point on Mourinho he's like the the really drunk person at the party that you love watching from afar but if they get up in your business and they're spilling their drink on you you're going to get a little upset
1: yeah he might be compared to our our guest that is going to be on later this episode you know he's the guy who's always always entertaining always entertaining
0: and steadfast in his beliefs yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> I cannot I cannot wait for you guys to meet meet our good friend Andy and hear all of his takes. Uh because yeah. he is you know, if he were in the Prem, there'd be more
0: more journos around his locker than there would Jose's. I can assure you that. That's a fair point. Um but it seems like you've brought up United and I'm already six to midnight. Because
1: yeah. Ole, Ole, Ole. You, you are know,
0: my soul sha My Ollie Solskjaer, you make me happy when skies are gray. Yeah, Alex Shearer, we're fucking dearer. These don't say, my Solskjaer, oh, wait.
1: Okay, that's not bad. It's no We Got Ozil or, uh, you know, 1-0 to the Arsenal, but they're decent songs.
0: It's no 1-0 to the Arsenal. It's
1: no 1-0 to the Arsenal, (laughs) Uh, you know, because there's something about a chant that you can't sing so much that makes it a little bit more special, and that Olay yeah. one must be must be one of the most most common songs I, in Manchester picture, right now. I picture you know, a
0: songwriter hunched over a piano, just writing out the uh, one nil to the Arsenal song right. on parchment.
1: So let me ask you this, because this is the question that I think matters the most. You know, we can we can talk about the FA Cup briefly because that's going to be you know our our two teams going at it in, a, in, a, in a, just a day or two here. Two but, days, baby. The last time we spoke, you wanted to see a change in how the team had played. You wanted to see, you know, the, the the United that you love show itself because you thought the potential was still there. I think that that has been proven out. The other thing that you said you mentioned that you wanted to see was you wanted to kind of get a little bit of hope going into the Champions League, but your expectations were still nothing.
0: Yeah. I, we could
1: talk about the top four, but I am very interested to see where you are at with that I, Champions League fixture. Let's remind the people that it is PSG first leg at Old Trafford. Correct. I in I guess just a month's time,
0: less than I that, mean, a few weeks. Recurring, recurring segment of James tooting his own horn because I am so pleased with my with my take that has aged like a like a fine Merlot. Uh, because honestly, every everything I said has exceeded expectations in the sense that my goal with Solskjaer coming in was bring back the attacking verve and the United way to the games that we play, especially at old Trafford and it didn't need to come through a 100% winning streak since he's taken over. Mm -hmm. It just needed to be in the playing style and that's already been accomplished. I think even if, and when I think it's more of a when, because obviously this isn't realistic, you know, um, this, this string of results, when these taper off, it's not going to sting as bad because I know that the management team's head is in the right place. And so you can already check that off the list as far as, is the team playing the way we want them to play? And then you can start looking at your secondary, more lofty goals of reaching the top four. And as I read the table out to you earlier, we're three points and a little bit of goal difference off of the fourth place, which is which honestly makes me over the moon. It's like I can taste food again. I can see colors again. I uh, I don't think I really led on to the podcast how how sad I was um, with Mourinho. Well, and
1: l- well, let me tell you, it bled right through. I didn't. Th- I don't. I think the people picked up on it. Uh, and you know, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm happy for you as a person. But what is causing your happiness makes me sad. Well, because <laughs> you don't want me. It to be happy? just. No, 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 no. I, th- I think I articulated that perfectly. I am happy for you as a person. At
0: Rocco's for uh, United Spurs, I think you made your viewpoint very clear.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. It I was conflicted because I was happy for you, but I was sad in my heart that I saw all these United fans experiencing joy. <laughs> so those Fair. were my two emotions. Coming full bore, two trains on the same track, opposite directions, meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. And the train that wanted... All of those United fans to feel sadness just plowed through the other part of that train that was coming at it <laughs> uh, without remorse. Uh, but, but you know, it's—I I said it on the last podcast. I was—I didn't think this would happen, so I kind of want to backtrack on my take. But I said, I hope—I hope to see United, you know, come back and you know, like be the United that we expect. Play a little more open football. Have some fun with that talent mm. they got because it's you the didn't Premier League it. is the Premier League is more fun when United is good did Well, it. ain't ain't that a crock of shit? Because <laughs> it's not more fun, folks. I think I could speak on behalf of every non-United fan out there that hey. it is not fun to have these these Reds riding high and on their high horse. They're high horse in sixth place. You know that tells you everything you need to know. Hey. Uh, but I'd, I'd be I'd be in the same place if I was a United fan. I I think that they are they're showing people why they finished second in the Premier League last year, and maybe why they did that in spite of Mourinho. Uh, they've they their talent is is top notch. De to, hey, Gea keeps you in every game. I uh, yeah, I I don't. You didn't answer well, my question about PSG, but eh, hey. I am.
0: Uh, let's let's look ahead in uh, to that sense. Let's look ahead to PSG, and I think going into you know squaring up against one of the uh, Europe's elite, I think there are two problems that we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. And as amazing as everything's been, I don't think it takes. Uh, a genius to figure out these two problems number one our central defense is still very suspect and mm-hmm. i guess you could even include right and left back into that our defense in general um lindelof has come into his own and i love him for it he, he's gone from an absolute liability to our first central defender on the team sheet that yeah. said is he at full potential is he elite no that leaves our second spot with eric bailly who cannot stay on the field through injury or red card, Phil mm-hmm. Jones, who makes the five aside of most hateable players on a top six team, lovable on mine. Love to hate. Phil Jones, love yeah. to hate. Um, hate to. I think, yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you can pepper in Chris Smalling, and um, what's Marcus Rojo up to? Yeah, these Marcus days. Rojo. He went back to Argentina. Uh, reasons unknown. You okay. He's still getting Interesting. paid. Yeah. Gotta people, love it. People Gotta don't really talk it. about that enough. Anyway, a problem <laughs> if we want to. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If, no one you knows. You should be fired for that. <laughs> uh, it's injury related,
1: I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'd get fired if I left work for, mm, for weeks on end. I've got max
0: on speed, though. Yeah. Shit. God, we have. Um, hey, hey, 2019. <laughs> 2019, us. Reel it in. Um, yeah. That's problem number one. Problem number two, which is a good problem to have um, since Solskjaer dumped out his massive nuts on the Carrington desk. uh, Who's going to be who's going to be our manager? Um, You know, I think Mm. Solskjaer has delivered on every promise of getting the fans engaged again, playing the right kind of football, um, beating a top six team. Granted, it's Spurs and we should always beat Spurs. Um, Yeah. You need to beat the middle of the table sides. Is he the man for the future? I'm not convinced because um, it's the only thing that will reveal itself over time. But what I did see in the first half of the Spurs game, and I want to know if you dispute this, I think United out-strategized and outplayed according to their plan um, Spurs in the first half. I think if you look at the game, the way he attacked Trippier and um, who's their left back? Davies. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the way... Um, Solskjaer knew that those fullbacks leave themselves exposed, allowing players to run into channels was um, a masterstroke. We hit them strong like United should on the counter and got a goal out of it. And then, you know, second half, um, it, was, it was really down to the De Gea show and we didn't close the game out in a way I would have liked to. But Solskjaer, he has some, he has some tactical um, new, nuance to him. Um, So is he the man for the future? I'm not sure. Is it going to be Zidane? Is it going to be Pochettino himself? That's the other problem that we have looming. But aside from that, and to wrap up my rant, I went from thinking we should write off top four as something to not even put in our minds as now something that we can be, you know, guilt free, optimistically excited about. And Mm -hmm. I think we can call the season a success if we make our way in there.
1: I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, I think that you know, we there's there's a reason we don't really touch on the title race too much is because it's a two horse race. It's a two horse race and it's and you know, quite frankly, that'll be interesting down the stretch and it's only interesting when they lose matches. Top 4 anything can happen. It's like watching the Little League World Series. That's why I love the Little League World Series. Ground ball to short, never know what's going to happen. That's like the top 4 race right now. Tottenham is, is dealing with their own things. Chelsea is dealing with their own things. God knows what's happening in Arsenal. You know, I think that you made the point like you thought that you could just step in and, you know, as long as you had like the people respected you, that you could get better results than Jose Mourinho. I'm not even sure, you know, Ole Gunnar Sorcerer is doing anything other than just clocking in and clocking out. Like he might just be putting in a team sheet and let the kids go to work. And so I think that's what you're speaking about of what does that team do over time? Mm-hmm. What does that team become? Is he going to be a manager that can sustain it for a year that can actually. Take that team from a top four side to a championship side, which is really the expectation at, at United. That yeah. remains to be that that's True. that you know you don't know, but I think it's definitely really exciting um, place to be. I did want to talk to you a little bit, very very briefly about um, what is going to be a very, a very difficult month for United, starting with the Champions League fixture. I so forgot you have,
0: to hey hand up on that one. I forgot to tie it back to PSG. Yeah. Well, I you can I, I said I would. I didn't.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll wrap this schedule up, and then you can give me your take on PSG. We'll talk about shit for a minute, and then we'll we'll send it all off to to Andy and on time as we as we promised. Beautiful. Uh, but yeah, you will have PSG, and then you will have what appears to be an international break. Coming back to hosting Liverpool, uh, then you have that's the twenty fourth. And on the 6th, so two weeks later, you play PSG in what will be a decisive match in Paris. Then th- three days after that, you have to come to the Emirates, where you're surely going to get just the absolute buzzsaw treatment after Never PSG. lost. And then a week after that, you're hosting the Manchester Derby. Never so lost. So you have, in a span of seven games, you play PSG twice, Liverpool, Arsenal, and City. That'll be, to me... That's where uh, you know Ole Gunnar Sosar makes his makes his case for mm-hmm. permanent manager in that mm-hmm. five five games out of seven stretch, um, and so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or how you think you're going to fare against PSG. What you'd like to see yeah. out of those seven games, uh, because you know there's only 30 points up for grabs in the top six. You're getting a shot at nine of them uh, right when you're looking to go for the Champions League. So yeah. like, what's
0: what's the priority? Um, well, I'll pick out three games that I think weave a pretty nice story. First off, uh, the game that already happened, United Spurs, you saw how excited I was, and it was admittedly embarrassing, um, you know, celebrating so hard to beat Spurs, and seeing how, you know, I guess you could say how far we've fallen in terms of expectations, mm-hmm. but the reason I was so excited was because it hit me that this uh, new regime was real. You know, it's all fun, and it's all fine, and good to beat Cardiff away and uh, Newcastle away and Bournemouth and Brighton home. And ultimately you need to get tested. And that was a real test that we passed. And it gave Mm -hmm. me hope for these two games that I'm going to transition into Uh, PSG. I think I said this. um, I think I said this before even Solskjaer's first game. Um, I went from a game that I was just dreading because it was going to be an embarrassment and I hate PSG so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was dreading it because I, th- I thought they were going to embarrass us. And now, the way we're playing, um, I don't know if you know this, Neymar just got a pretty suspect uh, ankle injury. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, this he's just playing happened. today. I didn't realize yeah. that happened yeah, yeah. today. So, wow, he, left, okay. he left the field in tears. Um, well, that doesn't say, say, say much. What you, say what you will. Yeah, right. Was he actually <laughs> touched? I don't know. <laughs> People say he's got an ankle injury. Um, yeah, it was his
1: sister's birthday again, I think.
0: And... If I were Solskjaer, and I'm sure he's got the same mentality, if you leverage the fact that we had no expectations, I I would take that tie at Old Trafford and just really take it to them. Just absolutely go after them and see what happens Mm -hmm. because there is... I, th- I think we're full underdogs, and there's there's a real chance of an upset there. And then, were you saying that Liverpool is before or after PSG? Is it right after?
1: It's two weeks. There's the international break, I'm assuming.
0: Okay, uh, after.
1: Right, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's the very next game, mm-hmm. but two weeks later.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to deprioritize Champions League and, and look at um, finishing the Premier League strong. I think PSG... Go out there, express yourself. No one expects us to win the title. Just do yourself proud. That's what I'd be telling the boys. And then when you look at the the Premier League, you've got Liverpool, which is now two incentives on the line. One, are we going to really make this charge into the top four? Two, are we going to stop our most bitter rivals from, um, from winning their first title since the 80s? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that's enough just to get people psyched up for that game at Old Trafford. Right, can't wait. Can't so wait. So
1: put you on the put you on the record. You would prefer City over Liverpool to win the title as a United fan.
0: And um, I know we're running out of time. <laughs> I know we're running out of time to actually talk about the title race. But right. I we um, got plenty time for that. That yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No, no one really cares. You know, right. it's real. It's really top four is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am kicking myself for the emotional hedge of. Um, Of what I said earlier about Liverpool winning the winning the title, because I do not want that to happen whatsoever. Right. You you look at it you know you look at the team um, in a vacuum, and it's you know Klopp. I love Klopp. You know um, their players. I don't necessarily have a problem with a whole lot of their Mm -hmm. players. And then you see the fans get really excited, and you see them running their mouths, and it turns sour real fast. I would rather have City win. It's 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 the devil you know versus the devil you don't, and, right? Um, I'm happy going on the record saying that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of win win for me because um, I do like you said. There's a lot of things I do just like about Liverpool just from like you you put that team in a vacuum. Uh, but if they win, then Spurs are the only top six side without a trophy. So <laughs> then it's just even easier to call them shit. So it's what kind a, of like I could go either way. What yeah. a spin. Um, yeah, but I'd agree with you. I'm I'm slightly pulling for City, but I'd be fine with Liverpool winning it. I just would want a good race. That's what yeah. I'd like it to not be decided with like five games to play. You know?
0: Yeah. But well, that's mm.
1: that's really what I'm hoping for.
0: I don't know. I'm in a really strange state of mind. I mean, before it was United playing like shit under Mourinho, and then having to choose between Liverpool and City. You you could see why I wasn't interested in the Premier League for a little while. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in a weird place of. Is it taboo to say rooting for City? I, I, You know, if it's not United, I want Manchester City to win and I want Liverpool to lose. And it's something yeah. that, uh, you know, I'm doing a little soul searching, you know, figuring out why I'm okay with that. But for the time being, I'm, you know, City win, Liverpool lose. I think that's yeah. a popular opinion among United fans. Yeah, a little Ole gunner soul searching. Um. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa
1: fell on some crickets there I expected Whoa. that but I felt good about it it was good enough to say but yeah I was rooting for city in that game against Liverpool that game was electric um, the that was the first time I've seen the the empty head empty head really rocking and that was that was a fun game to watch objectively you know because I was rooting for city because I want you know want to protect the invincibles mm-hmm. um, and they, they they came through because truthfully I didn't know if it was gonna happen again um, but man it's uh yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun race. We've got plenty of time to talk about. We still got forty percent of the season left to play. So if you're looking Ooh. at like where like was it Staff too late man. for United? Yeah, was it too late for United? Hell no. They got forty percent left. And then we did say we we're going to talk about Tottenham for a minute and I Ooh, I've got yeah
0: I think quite, quite literally, how about this how about this segment where we call it six, uh, 60 seconds of shit, and I'm gonna start the clock. Mm-hmm. And you get 60 seconds to just say whatever you want about Spurs you can bash them whatever 60 seconds how do you feel about that?
1: I am I am ready okay I'm ready. the clock
0: starts now
1: okay um, Spurs oh Spurs stupid fucking Spurs still don't have a stadium yet uh, spending so much money went on a one-year lease. And then it wasn't even ready, so they had to do another year lease. They didn't even get the discount of going to two leases. And you know what that did? It means you can't buy any players. And when you can't buy any players, you have no depth. And when you have no depth, you only need one little injury or one little Asian Games to throw a big monkey wrench into your plans for the title race. Turns out you bottled it against Wolves. Then your main striker goes down. Your young little striker gets hurt too. And then your best player in the best form Goes to Asia for three weeks. And so you're going to fall right out of that title race. Arsenal's coming for that ass. United's coming for our ass. So you're falling out of the top four. You're not even going to get Champions League. You're not going to be able to pay for that stadium.
0: You're not going to be able to play,
1: pay for Kane.
0: Whew. That was uh, that was 60 seconds of shit pretty much on the dot. Man, <laughs> that's a great segment. <laughs> hey, do you feel better after that? God, that was cathartic. I, I felt That was the, cathartic. Uh, yeah, I felt the work week just flow out of you right there.
1: Oh, man. That just... That felt fantastic. I haven't done that in a while. Usually right. I'm in my shower after Arsenal's just blown it. <laughs> just cursing at Spurs in there, talking about how they got no trophies. But All
0: right. Well, we got a, we got a good segment to uh, circle back on there. I think we just got yeah. gold. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on. I had a Who's Man's prepared, but I think we can save that. That's not really got an expiration date on it. And if you want, we can end on a light note before jumping to Andy with a little recap of Spygate.
1: Yeah. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. One before Spygate, though, I want to get on the record. Score predictions, Arsenal, United, FA Cup. Um, how's it going down?
0: At the Emirates, yeah?
1: At the Emirates, yes. All right. 4-1 United. Wow. God, that would just – that would – I'm not going to want to do a podcast for weeks if that happens. Um, I think it's – yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Weren't, weren't expecting that, were you?
1: No, I sure wasn't. I think it's going to be – a uh a two two regulation game. Do they go to? Do they play a second leg at this stage in the FA Cup, yeah, or do yeah, they? Yeah,
0: yeah, you get a replay.
1: Okay, okay. So I think it's gonna go two two.
0: Ooh, I think uh, Emery needs to emulate his former boss, um, or prede- predecessor Wenger, and get sent to the uh the top of the the dugout. Yeah. Oh, that would like, be so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just a shot for shot remake. Yeah,
1: well, he's he's kind of doing that with his treatment of Lacazette. So, he's he's he might be on his way to the great arson Wenger. They said there was only one. Turns out there was two, and he looks like the butler from Mister Deeds.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so talk to me <laughs> not, about spygate. The hero we deserve. All right, well, um, I know, <laughs> I know your birthday. Already- you're already pretty well versed in Spygate, but for the people who don't know, um, yes, explain it course, to them, please. We're, yeah, we're experts. Um, essentially, there's a little little-known uh, championship, English football league championship, which confusingly is let's call it the second best league. Um, right. I don't know why they call it the championship. Anyway, digression. Leeds United. They have a full-on OCD head coach. His name's Marcelo Bielsa, and he's actually pretty well credentialed for a manager of this small, little-known pub team. And he allegedly keeps a really tight ship in terms of his uh, preparation to the point of insanity. Um, and one of his tactics that he engages is he has a team of spies that he sends out to, to, to physically spy and watch their upcoming opponents train. And it turns out that it just so happened the team they were playing was Darby County, managed by Frank Lampard, and they caught their spy, causing this whole... Whirlwind of issues and discussion of ethics about spying on teams to come out and it turns out um, The UK seems to really strongly condemn this and people want points taken away from leads and then you've got managers and teams um, And just fans of the game from Germany Spain France Portugal They're all pretty much unanimously coming out and saying yeah, that's pretty normal uh, Pep Guardiola said he would see people in the mountains above his uh, his training ground at Barcelona just just staring down. Um, so I mean, I don't know if you wanted to weigh on, on weigh in on ethics, but where I did want to take this was to the absolute clapback battle that took place between Leeds and Pizza Hut on Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a, actually a great thing to end on because our um, our guest, I believe he actually says it. Uh, but one of his oldest mantras if he is is if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And uh, I think I that he would think be about that. He would be in full support of what Leeds United is doing. Oh, I can guarantee you that. Um but what I find I, just like so remarkable is like what are they like what are they getting from this?
0: Like, oh, don't they have tape funny. of the
1: teams? Like, what's the benefit?
0: It's so funny you asked that because I wrote down what he said in his press conference after he got caught. He goes, even though going to watch an opponent is not useful, it helps keep my anxiety low. Oh, my. Oh, this. <laughs> he, that open, is... he openly said that. Oh, my I'm God. Not, I mean, can anyone. A little, can little anyone. Mouth disease? Uh, can anyone recount Andy's whereabouts when this was going down? I'm not 100% sure it wasn't Andy himself.
1: He does bail on a lot of our Sunday plans with yeah, vague he's excuses. He's never, never
0: really around, is he? Um, Wouldn't be surprised to catch
1: him hmm. in the in a in a bush in Malaga taking a <laughs> taking a peek at what, what's coming around the corner in the Europa League. Hmm. I would not not be surprised to see him doing that. Hmm.
0: Well, let's let's end this on a hot note because we've got (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Talk to me about Pizza Hut. Okay, so Spygate comes out. We've got at Pizza Hut UK saying hi at Leeds United Football Club. We've seen a suspicious-looking man peering through our chef's window. Can you let us know if you're planning to put pizza on the menu in the club canteen? And then it got a few retweets, a few yucks. People liked it. Uh, Leeds. <laughs> spares no um, no punches in their response because this came this Pizza Hut tweet came a week after uh, the news broke and they go sorry prefer Domino's um, don't like don't like waiting on seven days for delivery because it was seven days after the fact right, right, right and right. you would think it would just end there like a casual back and forth <laughs> Pizza Hut doubles down and goes that's rich coming from a club that hasn't delivered since 1992. <laughs> I'm sure that you got
1: so much joy out of that. Um, as as James alluded to, this this pub team, as as, as he called them, was was once actually a, the champion. Actually, thrice, I believe, the champion of the first division in the football league. Never, never the premier league, but I don't think they uh, are but the, the
0: they are a team old, of former glories. <laughs> yes.
1: There, yeah and United was a team of four gl- former glories more recent former glories and likely soon some future glories whereas Leeds United is just just the former glories uh, but they were, were 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 a rival of United and uh, I believe Chelsea prominently back in the day uh, so James always getting his little dig in mm. trying to trying mm. to stump me as he claims I haven't been a fan for that long boy do I love uh, but it. clearly I have the Leeds United Wikipedia page up and know that they won the division in 68, 69, 73, 74, and then as Pizza Hut mentioned, uh, 91, 92. And again, that is from the
0: top of my head. I I know for a fact this stuff happened. Leeds United is a good friend. (laughs) Good friend of mine. I can get him on the phone. But they
1: haven't won the league.
0: Since 1992, Skip. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a guest. Put them on Ooh. the wish list. Oh well, if you told me 2019 was going to kick off with a Twitter beef between Leeds United and the UK <laughs> conglomerate of Pizza Hut, you—this <laughs> year's already lit. Yeah, I tell you,
1: 2018 just about to get buried and buried in uh, in January between oh, the man. between the Pizza Hut battle and and the meme game that's picking up. So well, hell, which we will be getting
0: up on. That'll be yeah. James's forte. Oh. That's all I've got coming for you guys. Um, I think with that said, uh, we're really excited to see what, you know, uh, 2019 holds for Prem de la Prem. We're only going up. Uh, We started pretty down, but rest assured, we are only going (laughs) up. And I think uh, the best way to end this is to show that we're actually coming good on some of our promises because, um, Pat, why don't you um, bid the folks farewell and lead them into the, the Andy interview?
1: yeah, so just to, to echo everything, James said, we're we're really appreciative to those of you have who have trudged through us on this journey so far and they're sticking around. you know we're having we're having a blast learning and growing and um, being able to kind of give this give this content to you is 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 really exciting. this This interview is something that we did uh, you know previously to report recording this, and it you know, I, I don't think it could have gone better from our perspective. Uh, so without further ado, Uh, Please, please stick around and listen to the wildly entertaining Andy Samora as he discusses, you know, soccer, football, soccer in America, and, you know, really, really just a million other things. So I hope you enjoy it as much as as much as we did. We
0: will see you. We will see you soon. Action. We now welcome on a very special guest because Mm. as it happens, he is our first guest. Here on Prem de la Prem, so we're really yes. excited to have him. Uh, you know, we've been we've been looking around for different perspectives. You know, fans of different teams, and you could say we might have found that in our in our guest uh, Andy Samora.
2: How you doing? Uh, uh, I'm doing great, Patrick James. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I uh, no, I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to to talking football with you guys, and uh, frankly, uh, I everyone remembers their first. So I, the fact that you guys are expanding and, and getting guests on your, on your, on your media, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. All right. Yeah. We're well, thrilled
1: to have you. Yeah. To give you guys a little bit of context. So we've been talking about having this first guest and, you know, we're like, should we get a Liverpool fan, a city fan, another United fan? And we couldn't figure it out. And we, you know, cause that's just, we, we figured we'd go a little bit outside the realm here. Andy is a, uh, you know, do you, would you think it's fair to describe you as a true red-blooded American maybe the, maybe who, it's the best, not your daddy's football, what we're talking here?
0: Well, the best first question, I think, for the cast is, um, who do you think you are?
2: So, uh, loving how just open-ended uh, that, that question could take uh, any number of subjects, but I uh, am, am Andy, Andy Samora, and uh, d- uh, during the work week, I go by Andrew, and uh, every four years, I'm a huge fan of the World Cup. So that's where my path and soccer crosses every four years. Uh, And since moving to Los Angeles, I've uh, recently become a supporter of the Los Angeles Football Club.
1: Right on. Yeah, and also, you know, I I was hoping you'd elaborate yourself, but I I will feed you. Uh, and he was actually instrumental in the electrical engineering of the Los Angeles Football Club.
2: I think he was head engineer. You were telling some girl. that. I'm gonna have to correct you guys uh, on both statements. Actually, I normally introduce myself as I was one of the junior electrical engineers. Oh, junior. Okay. On the design effort of the main stadium bowl of the Bank of California Stadium. And so it's really
1: it's really niche in the end.
2: I would say I was basically I was one of the I was one of the people you know, pushing the deadlines through and walking the site, making sure everything was, was up to snuff. And, um, you know, we, we worked, we worked on that from start to finish. I want to say a little bit less than 36 months. I mean, that, that came from wow. idea to playing soccer in less than 36 months. That was a, that was a huge effort. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh,
1: it's so but that's that's all you wanted to say is where you stand on soccer as you help build a stadium
2: and you watch the World Cup? <laughs> so I played soccer as a kid, actually. I grew up in California. I believe the AYSO is still in existence. That's Yeah, I don't know. It is. And uh, so I was a military kid, so I moved around a lot. But I lived in San, San Diego and then Camarillo. And so I played soccer through sixth grade in the AYSO. And... um <laughs> You know, as as people's as young men's bodies begin to change, uh, my straight line speed decreased and my <laughs> height and build uh, became more adept towards American football, and it was a pretty seamless transition from the soccer pitch. I was a striker, if you can believe that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As a as an elementary school mm-hmm. kid, yeah. And I've always had a nose for the goal line, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, luckily, it was very seamless. Uh, you know, obviously, Patrick. Uh, you know, you and I met in Virginia, but when I moved to Virginia, it was very seamless to retire from mm-hmm. soccer and then to switch over to football. Yeah, I never, I never saw you don soccer cleats. Fun fact, I tried out for Williamsburg soccer in seventh grade oh. before we became friends, and I didn't go past life. to yeah. the last day of tryouts because the writing was on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need, you I didn't mean, need yeah. to hear I mean, it. You guys have known me for saying. a long time. I, I Typically, the, the name Andrew was associated with football and ice hockey and even baseball. But, uh, no, soccer, I had to give that up when I moved to Virginia. Mm. Yeah, it was was a a competitive thing there. So that's... Well,
0: yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the interesting things we can lead into is, um, you know, how a lot of kids growing up in America will gravitate towards the American version of football versus our football. But I think to kind of start us out and get us a little baseline of, uh, you know... Paint the picture of the man that we're working with here sure. today. If you could give us a little baseline, as this is a Premier League podcast, just okay. what you know, where your knowledge spans, sure. and things
2: that you might know about the English game that okay. we've uh, Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty straightforward. So as a kid, obviously you associate US soccer with Landon Donovan. And I don't know uh, what the pure how the purists feel about that. I'm certainly not here to take a position on Landon Donovan. Last I checked he wanted us to root for Mexico in the World Cup. Which once again, not a purist, kind of looking at this objectively. But um, one of the things that I thought about soccer, especially growing up, was that uh, you know we grew up in Northern Virginia and DC United was good during that time, right? Weren't they? The they late, were. The late in the twenty aughts you know, late twenty aughts But uh, you know, obviously, in, in terms of gravitating towards the mainstream American sports, for me, I frankly played soccer first uh, before. Football and you know I wasn't very good at it, mm. so uh, for me football was a very easy release into some of my you know physical strengths. Uh, How, but so so just to sum up that answer sure. about what you know about yeah, the Premier yeah. League, it's nothing. I, I played FIFA uh, from okay, about yeah. Now we're getting into the root. Okay, Two thousand seven <laughs> to about uh, twenty twelve on Xbox uh, Xbox three sixty actually uh, you know late late junior year of high school, but no I, I was really good with Spain. Uh, during those years, David Villa, Fernando Torres, and I, you know, people say it's cheap to play with Spain, and I get that, but I would to beat your ass, yeah. and I, uh, you know, I can't play with other teams, I'm not one of those guys who, like, you know, you know, m- mucks with the strategy or the game plan, I'm saying, I'm Soviet Russia with the sticks, can you beat me? Gotcha,
1: and so, you spoke on, um, on Mr. Fernando Torres, mm-hmm. um. Where did he play in the Premier League? I want to get back to this Premier League knowledge, okay? Because okay. he was a Premier League player help, help at us two set of the
0: top a ba- Help us set a baseline for our fans. So, yeah.
2: I, so I don't, I don't know. I do know. I would like for you to guess. Okay, I will guess that he played for Liverpool. He did. He did. All right. Yeah, who else oh. did he play for? Yeah, I swear to God, there's I another know. one. I uh... okay. I'm gonna guess again. I'm gonna guess that he played for Manchester United. Ooh, he did not. No. Okay. Right. So, well, so, I have played FIFA. So, I and mean, I've done a couple of Premier Leagues where I've been the general manager. And so, I, I you know you know David Rooney or Wayne Rooney. Yep. or Yeah. Yeah. Kay. David Villa. There we go. Yeah. Um, never played in the Premier League. Uh, okay. There it is. So, so not a lot of knowledge okay. about the Premier League, but I'm excited, and I think there's a lot of opportunity well, in the Premier League. You know, yeah. To get so more we, fans.
1: We just came off of a a two top six side Arsenal Chelsea game. Uh, you watched. Uh, you arrived fashionably late, so you you watched the latter half of that. Correct. What did you make of it? Is it entertaining to you? It, like, how do we bring this to be a more
2: American sport? I think that's a great question. Wow. Uh, normally, I have something to say right off the cuff. Uh, when you say that, when you say the the phrase "American sport," I what I think you're asking is how to get more American citizens interested in a league overseas. Or in the sport in general, but Or in yes. the sport in general, because yes. I think those are two different conversations, because if you want to okay. get people interested into a sport, you, you get kids into it when, when they're young. Right. Um, and that's across the board, whether it's you know gymnastics or um, field hockey or ice hockey. Um, those are the three sports I was thinking of. Um, oh, I'm talking worldwide. Uh, field hockey is played uh, worldwide in many cultures. But uh, no, um, what I'm saying is to get people interested in the Premier League... Mm-hmm. Personally, in my unqualified, objective view, I think that's a taller order than getting American children interested in the sport. However, the logic dictates that if American children are interested in the sport of soccer, perhaps they could be interested in the Premier League as a, in conjunction. Why do you
0: think it's been so hard for people to grasp on to not just
2: playing soccer, but watching it in general? Okay, if I'm just looking in the mirror... I'm not a huge fan of the tie. Ooh, yeah. I mean, look, look at the NHL. Even the NHL after that lockout in 04, and I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I used to be when I was a kid. You know, like the Avalanche, Ray Borg, Joe Sackick, are like the big 90s names. Patrick Wall. I have a poster of him above my bed. Still? Correct. It's not hung. Uh, in California, there's earthquake issues, so uh, it's actually resting gently uh, near my bed. Um but no, and it was a huge hockey fan, but after the lockout in 04, uh, I think a lot of American fans kind of fell off a little bit from sure. liking hockey because A, like something like twenty five percent of players switched teams and you know, blah blah blah, a lot of bad blood. But one of the positive changes that the NHL made is they abolished the tie. Mm. They they incorporated mm-hmm. the shootout you might have to right. refresh me how it works. If you win the shootout, you get three points. But if you lose the shootout, you still keep the one point. You get
1: the point that you would have earned had it ended in a draw.
2: Personally, having been to at least two or three LAFC games, and I think both, all of those games that I attended ended in a decisive result. I think one of them they might have tied. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm i not the mouthpiece for my generation, of course. But I, if I was in attendance at a soccer game, I would love to see just a quick shootout best on best mm. in, you, in the MLS.
0: Definitely do, not. In, do you think it's an obsession with deciding a victor in the
2: moment? I think that is one very plausible explanation for our culture Yeah. to look at it far more simply is I want to be entertained at all times. If I'm spending top dollar bringing a date Getting a couple drinks, couple you know entrees. I would like to have max. You're <laughs> getting entrees at a yeah, soccer we're, game. We're so the LAFC Stadium, or the Bank of California Stadium, actually has a lot of local restaurants, and it's definitely not your typical stadium food. You know, if sure, if you want a hot dog, it'll be delicious. But no, absolutely, there are sit down options available Ooh, okay. in and near the stadium. Yeah, it's, well, it's you it's built it so. I helped design it, right, right. And, and I checked up on the people who did build it.
1: Oh, very good, very good. Um, and so, what I thought was was interesting was the tie thing, right? You know, because what in a in tournament style, what you have is a penalty shootout, usually right. after uh, two correct fifteen minute non sudden death.
2: And I'm okay periods. with those in the MLS. Right. Yeah, okay.
1: Way back in time, catering to the American audience, the MLS had a shootout, oh. which was. Basically, some it's very similar to a hockey shootout, yeah. and they had to get the shot off within five seconds. They would just take it from near midfield or halfway, they up. and they ran up. The it wasn't a penalty kick. I had I had no idea about this. They, they don't do that anymore. It was right? pretty. Foolish. Oh no, they took that out of the. It was it,
2: it was looked, kind of, it was XFL. It looked pretty silly. Yeah, it looked pretty silly. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I, what if they just did regular penalty shots? The, I wanted to pose the question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is it the
1: it, does the excitement of the
2: penalty sh-
1: shot right now do it for
2: you? Or do you, Would you like something big? Absolutely, it is. no, 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 no. Come on, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an entertainment for entertainment's sake kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, even watching the World Cup when America's not in it, <laughs> uh, I, I very much enjoy a good, a good penalty shootout. I mean, I think we've all seen the Mighty Ducks, uh, either D1 or D2. I mean, some of the best moments from our childhood were decided in penalty shootouts, yeah. regardless of the sport.
1: So some, some soccer purists would say you know, especially with larger teams versus smaller teams, that the draw plays a vital role. For a team that doesn't have nearly the bankroll or the ability, that a draw is a very, very good mm-hmm. result for them even at home.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's probably true.
0: Yeah, What I mean, would you, you... And and so, I mean, I guess they would still get that point, but... I think what you're getting at is a perspective of a tie is so interesting because the way I've grown up watching the Premier League is there's a strategic objective to a tie sometimes. Sometimes yes. now work, I understand. If I can flip it on... Maybe an NFL comparison. Like we saw, I think, two or three ties no, this they've regular time. Yeah, yeah. And, the Browns went to overtime more recently. Seems, yeah, you're right. And it seems like nobody is happy yeah. when that happens in the NFL.
2: I mean, so so once again, you mentioned an interesting word, strategic. And and with the NFL, a tie at best case scenario serves as a tie breaker. I, I, and that's maybe.
1: Yeah, the way the wins-losses makes it a little bit different. It, it makes, makes f- records very confusing. Uh, yeah. A little
2: bit. And once again, I'm just talking about Joe football somewhere in the Midwest. Well, and, well, that's you know, what we want to cater yeah. to. Exactly, yeah. And We're the I, people's I, podcast. Of course, and I'm a man of the people and for the people, of course. But I'm I, glad we clarified that. Yeah, oh. You're a
1: fitting first guest because I believe that is how James brings us into every single show. No, uh,
2: I, no I, <laughs> I I love it. I love you know. Fortuitous. Spreading, spreading the good news, uh, as people would say. But as... Uh, In in relation to kind of Joe football out there in in rural, wherever, you're right. The tie is not exciting. You've worked hard all week to provide for your family, and you're going to get a little bit of enjoyment watching your favorite sport. And no, your favorite team didn't win or lose. They tied. And Mm. that, to me, personally, Mm. don't don't get me wrong, I'm a huge football fan. I, I would prefer personally Andrew to see a victor.
1: Yeah. Is in in a but I'm 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 challenging you to address the man that says it's a strategic move.
2: And I would challenge that man to understand me that I don't understand. I <laughs> I seek to understand, not to be understood. And so, if you say it's strategic to tie, then sure, no problem. That was very diplomatic. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and very adult of you. Well, I mean, you know. <sighs> You know, you got to grow up sometime, but one of the things that I've learned with different cultures is that people, regardless of where you grow up, you take your favorite sports very seriously. Mm-hmm. You might not believe me, but in certain parts of the world, badminton is the baddest game around.
1: I don't believe you. I,
2: you definitely don't have any friends from Kazakhstan, but or Turkmenistan, excuse me, I think I mispronounced that uh all right, at risk Moving of... Moving on. Yeah. No, at risk uh, of in, in certain parts of the world, badminton is extremely competitive, uh, along with cricket, along with field hockey. It's... it's My point that I'm making is people care very much so about the sports that they've played and emotionally invested right. in growing up. Um, Okay.
1: Right. So, so, step one to get in popular America is to get rid of the tie.
2: At the risk of editorializing, yes. Okay.
0: Well, I, I think... I
2: think the tie is one really hot button issue, and I'm glad you know we did yeah. it the way hockey does it, where you still get a point if you lose the shootout. I you would be there's okay your with strategic
1: that. value. The and oh. then I think that that the the, mm. the MLS can be kind of that pioneer in that respect because they still have playoffs. To my knowledge, they're the only league right. that has right, a actual tournament style playoff. After yeah, at the end of okay. the regular season of the Premier League, whoever has the That's most right. points wins. That's right. You know, and so to That's me, right. if the MLS were to make that step, they have a little bit more leeway because they're not changing the point and structure so drastically that somebody can't recover from a like getting knocked down to second. Yeah. You know, whereas it's, in the Premier League, it's very different. You earn a draw against Manchester City and then they pull away, they get they win the mm-hmm. penalty shootout, and
2: Liverpool's dropping two points away. You know, it's, it's a different story. I'm gonna float this out there. And yeah. this would definitely take a hybrid trailblazing mentality, but what if if you go to a shootout, you only get two points for a win? So only three points total are up for grabs. I'm just spitballing here. I yeah. don't hate
0: that. I, I know. I think it's definitely interesting. It's not, you're not rewarding a full win. I think uh, yeah, Patrick you. and I, we have an interesting dynamic because I feel like we had inverse experiences where I always grew up with the Premier League as my number one league and fo- uh, English football being my source of entertainment and then coming to appreciate the NFL where I feel like you've done a little bit of the opposite. Yes. Okay. And I think in football there's something appealing about like – my mind goes to the Giants in 2008 or whatever, where they snuck in as the wild card and ended up winning the right. uh, Super Bowl. And They'd then... Get hot at the right
2: time. And then what I think... They also had a very good defensive line that year.
0: Fair. They
1: did. Okay. You, oh, put, uh, you put pressure on Brady with four, but that's, not, that's neither here nor there.
2: And then I think... Uh,
0: <laughs> I think what... Charge American folks. here, folks.
1: Oh, okay. James, <laughs> let's, let's, let's try and let them finish the thought then. No.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, um... What American fans, I think, have come to appreciate about the Premier League, which I've always found exciting, is like the thrill of a thirty-eight game chase, where it's like you're coming up on a certain team with point, like with points at stake, and it's an all-out war of attrition. Whereas I think in American sports, There's oftentimes you make the playoffs and you've got a chance. There's a clock. Very Every time you
1: lose a game, it directly affects your chances to win the title. You know, if you're the Chargers, right, mm-hmm. and they're sitting. Eleven and three, give or take. Right. Week sure. one
0: is just as important as week.
1: Yeah. Correct. There's no difference in how. You know, and obviously that makes sense. But them losing that game to then you know not have a chance to take on the not not win the division against the Chiefs doesn't put them from the one seed or the no, two I seed I to the fifth seed. It loses them the championship.
2: Mm. No, I I completely understand. And so
1: that is yeah. That's that's the perspective that we're battling mm. with. And so that's why I think the MLS presents an interesting option, because they're they're molding that. They're molding
2: your experience and mine. Let me see what I can do, and I'm, I'm going to break this down, and our viewers can't see me right now, but I'm grinning ear to ear. It sounds like we're comparing apples and oranges, and the que- the question is, is how do we combine the two? The question is, is how do we find people that like oranges? And there, there it is. It's like, you know, because for me, speaking as, to use your words, the red-blooded American, uh, the thought of... You know, chasing the thought of cha- the thought of the chase is it, it, is interesting. You know, ch- chasing the top team. You know, but I just I, I like the idea of the clock. I like I'm, I'm impatient. I, I want.
1: It's actually now that I think of it, has a very interesting counterpart in the United States, and that's NASCAR. Interesting. Do tell. And I'm not an NASCAR fan. Yes, yeah, whatsoever.
0: I, I cannot weigh in on that.
1: NASCAR, you essentially, I think there's like a chase for the cup and it matters, but I'm pretty sure that NASCAR is just the sum of all your points across the season, and that's who wins. Mm-hmm. I would have golf might it. actually function the same way. I know that they have like the FedEx Cup playoff and like the race for the cup that Fox always advertises, but I do know that at least in the season, you accrue different types of points, and that puts you in a different type of position. Right. And I'm not sure if it's like a playoff or not, but right. imagine NASCAR being America's entrance to the
0: soccer style.
1: That is no an interesting playoffs.
0: thought. Um, I'd like to pivot real quick yes. and ask a separate question. We touched on ties for a decent amount of time. And then I feel like the feedback I get from other Americans who struggle getting into soccer is the idea of
2: diving and flopping oh, that's okay. And things of the... Oh, you don't have a problem with that. No, I mean... Why not?
0: This is an interesting take. I mean, yeah, if, uh,
2: if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. That and is
0: then,
1: true. That is true. I, w- one time at uh, Trivia Night... Um, <laughs> I insisted Andy not use his phone, and he got very upset with me that I didn't want to win bad enough. You, you seem like you want to explain the situation. The historical
2: record is a little murky.
1: <laughs> Revision
2: is history a little bit. First off, history is written by the winners, and we never come close to winning That's Trivia ever. We don't. So I do like the thrill of thinking that I'm right. I th- don't we
1: all? Of course. Remember but. when we sent it on Charles Manson being the right answer with one clue? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was wrong. Erroneous. It. it was Danny Trejo. <laughs> so, moving on. Coming back to the sport of soccer in America, I, I really do feel strongly that you have, with every generation, millions upon millions of, pot- of potential soccer fans. Every single elementary school child right now is a potential soccer fan mm-hmm. and generation after generation these kids enjoy football, baseball, basketball, I don't, you know, in some parts of the country they enjoy hockey, but, but my point is is that soccer is consistently passed over. How do you get the youth excited about the sport playing it and watching it professionally?
1: I have my own theories, but you pose a very good question and I'm wondering if you have thoughts because I think one of the premises that we talked about before the show was not, will soccer rise to be as popular as the NBA or the NFL at some point in this country. Not in but this country, no. What would it have to do
2: in order for that scenario to be possible? I mean, once again, looking at it objectively and apolitically, they would need to secure a heavy-handed television rights deal um, mm-hmm. rivaling that of the other major sports. They would need outreach in the community probably double that of the other sports leagues and once again I'm just looking at this objectively soccer trying to break into a already saturated Mm -hmm. sports market Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like a businessman now this is just business I think they need to develop some sort of not like Olympic programs I know that ODP I know that already exists but basically you need to you know frankly, put a flag up, and you need to get kids to commit to a sport. You know, because I committed to football right around age 14, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. in high school, you're fresh. I freshman. You identify yourself here a football player. Your hormones are kicking up. You're ready to lift. Ha, <sighs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that too. But my point is, is like at a certain point, kids decide what they want to be and how they want to spend their time, and you need to help push these young men and women into making that decision soccer.
1: And I think that, you know, this might be where there's a gap in your education
2: but there are more than one yeah but Definitely.
1: you you nailed one of the major problems and it is getting a large enough group of the youth to come mm-hmm. into the sport and so I think that the one of the biggest topics in America is to get rid of pay for play and pay for uh, play what does
2: that mean re- re- remind the viewers it's very expensive listeners. to okay. play yeah I know I know what that country.
0: means but other people might not know
2: yeah that. I yeah I, I, I I'll,
1: James I'll explain okay. this for Andy so you can you can tune out here and all of our viewers so pay for play is I know what it means. Um, you know it costs I don't know the exact numbers but basically, the lower income children will have a tough time even being introduced to competitive soccer in this country because it costs money to play. Is that because
2: of like travel teams and AAU and stuff? And, Pretty like, much. Hotels and that's and like the only, okay, I got that's
1: you. the only way that you All can right. play in some of these leagues. And they have scholarship offers yeah, and scholarship yeah. programs, but, but soccer's the world's game. Soccer is played in impoverished countries. There's right. pictures of um, Gabriel uh, de Jesus or Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. Um, Jesus. Gabriel Jesus, yes, uh, from Manchester City. Uh, barefoot in Brazil, painting curbs during the World Cup in Brazil. All like he came from extreme poverty, and now sure. was playing for one of the most, the probably the, the second richest club in terms of money going into it mm-hmm. outside of PSG in the world. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you look at all these stories, you're like, wow, how do these people come from these situations? It's because soccer is an accessible game everywhere. Yeah, and then then you know, just not to go way too deep into this, but when you know, you're struggling to put food on the table for one or five kids, and you have a kid who shows some talent at age six, you're pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and pushing him, and that kid is pushing and pushing and pushing, feeling the burden of his whole family to drag them out of these 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 horrible life situations. Maybe not horrible life situations, but just they have yeah. lower means. And even... And then you see people like, you know, why is Neymar's dad getting involved in all his transfers? It's because, you know, Neymar was their ticket out of poverty. And there's so many, so many stories like that, but Americans... You know, they don't have that. And they also don't get kickbacks due to the rules to their parent clubs. Hershey, Pennsylvania, soccer, whatever, by normal FIFA standards, would have got about a half a million dollars for the most recent Pulisic standard. Or transfer? They got nothing because of the way America's transfer market is set up. Okay. We've stood in our own way in terms of taking those next steps, yeah. in terms of bringing up the youth. And, and so uh, I think you nailed it. And I just want to give you a little context no, no, about why it's so tr- troubling to get those, you know, there's whole whole villages mm-hmm. in Africa that play with one ball that's you know just taped mm-hmm. together basically,
2: and those boys are whooping us in the World Cup. Last time I checked, Ghana make owns U.S. Yeah. Well, I'm talking several World Cups ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this, and I um, stop me if this is controversial. I don't think it is, but uh, Major League Soccer right now uh, what has maybe 28 teams, 30 teams, 24 give or take. I don't actually know. I believe it has
1: twenty-seven,
2: or and I know. I know they're expanding. They're they're you know adding teams. Twenty-four but, teams. Okay, they have twenty-four teams, and what the NFL? The NFL has thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Okay. So they're about thirty.
1: Thirty-two.
2: Okay, so the NFL, James, has point yeah. taken. Okay, right. So my point is, is it sounds like there's a little bit of growth uh, opportunity, which I'm sure there is. I don't. I don't know the politics of that, but. I'm just thinking about the demographics of this country and I know soccer is the sport of the world and America right. we, we pride ourselves in being you know a melting pot you know very diverse you know even in my office I think we counted it up at our last Christmas party and we speak I say we uh, everybody uh, 25 languages are spoken in our office okay and my, my point being with all this is that The average person that comes to this country and wants to stay here probably likes soccer statistically. Mm. And with that demographic in mind, I think our talent pool, volumetrically, quite literally, is larger than almost any other country on the planet. I agree. You make a very good point there. So, why are we in the World Cup? So, here's, yeah, here's what I want to get on to. Because we
1: play with two holding midfielders needing to draw, or two attacking midfielders needing to draw to Vega. All right. You I guys see my point though, right? It so like we
2: have this huge pool of talent, and everyone's like, "Oh, what if LeBron James played soccer?" It's like, sweet, dude. But like, my point is, why aren't we getting everyone who already likes soccer really good at soccer? And I know we talked about, you know, socioeconomics and stuff like that. So I think that's my frustration, right? Andy, I think you—we're you're, 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 we're getting to some—you really stumbled, stumbled
0: onto a very interesting point I actually, because
2: uh, sailed the ship in this direction.
0: <laughs> but by hook or by crook, we've made yeah. it to this point. We're going Baylon Greyjoy. I think a very classic American argument you'll hear is, if we cared about soccer, we'd be the best or one of the best countries at it. And that's also America's arrogance in play. That's what sure. I'm saying. Yeah. And I think whether or not that's true, I think when you when you talk about the impact that these other sports in a sports saturated market have in the United States, I think to a certain extent, when you're growing up, an athlete is an athlete, and you you know, if you're really if I you're agree. really tall, you gravitate I mean, towards me. yeah. If you're really tall, <laughs> you was gravitate crickets, yeah. towards basketball. <laughs> but um, I wonder how many you know promising athletes get snapped up by these big market sports: NFL, I mean, basketball, hockey, and then you lose the Odell Beckham's or the Lebrons that could have played you know professional well, soccer. Think, think about with the money in
1: this country where it uh, is. Yeah, if you're forced to money, choose, yeah. it's not it's, it's not a comparison. Like if, if true, money talks. Yeah, I mean, if who's 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 the uh, from the highest paid. America's got to be Pulisic, I would guess. Certainly the highest value after that transfer to mm. Chelsea. Mm. He just got sold to Chelsea from Borussia Dortmund oh, for the sixty kid? Uh, sixty uh, million. Polsnik?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, so we got a guy who plays for Chelsea. Yeah. See, America's on the come up. We'll be fine. Yeah.
1: And so, but no, the, to, to Andy's point though, this is this is probably the biggest chance. For, for uh, the biggest shame is we missed the World Cup and we we didn't get a chance to it show off. It was a little bit
2: embarrassing. It was a little bit embarrassing.
1: Because Pulisic is ready, and if we could have showed him
2: mm-hmm. off... And Am then I same- saying that wrong? Pulsnik? Yes, you yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, Pulisic. It's it's Pul-
1: quite wrong. Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Excuse me. Sorry. Yes. I believe he's 21, maybe 22 years old, uh-huh. and he, you know, Borussia Dortmund, Champions League side, you know, very, very competitive in the Bundesliga, which is the German league, and he's been there since I believe he was 16. Perfect. Which he can't... It's also like because he had some citizenship thing, he could do it. Normally, you can't even leave the state until you're 18. And he wrote an article after the U.S. Mm-hmm. got bounced saying mm-hmm. those years from 16 to 19, those are that's where players take the next step. And right now, we don't let our kids go until they're okay. 18.
2: All right, well, let me stop you right there. Okay, Wow, that was huge. I didn't know that. And I've heard about this young man, you know, ESPN, social media, the next big thing. He's the prince that's promised. I can't wait for that promise to come to fruition. But you, I think... Hit the nail on the head 16 to 19. Patrick, if you remember, our senior year of high school, our football team went five and five and got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Conversely, our soccer team made it almost the farthest that we've ever made it. I mean, at the time, they actually just the
1: time. They won regions and they went to states oh, like wow. a, a few years ago, but at the time it was the furthest. Yeah.
2: But my point being is that the soccer team went on a run uh, spring, right? You get yeah. you know, a couple rounds of the playoffs, you know. I, I don't remember the details.
1: Game away from states, and yeah, I don't want to talk.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, no, not not here to bring up the past, but my, my, my point is, is that in high school, the American system is that when you're 17 and 18, depending on when your birthday is, is you're still in high school, and it sounds like, from Mr. Christian's words, that he clearly feels that we're missing out on this crucial developmental period mm-hmm. for young athletes specific to soccer.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you'll... And I, and I don't
2: have a solution to that, by the way.
1: I, I well, I think I, you just got to you got to get the money out of the sports. So what? You're
2: gonna it, pick, you're gonna pluck a kid out of high school and send him off to your. I mean, I don't well, know. I mean, I
1: think if you look at all these these other clubs, you know, their youth like Alex Owobi was was eight years old when Arsenal signed him. I mean, Maitland-Niles was a little, six. Okay, that's but a no, they, but nuts. but they're not. They're just. It's not that. It's not any different from DC United has an academy and they got twelve year olds. Okay. LAFC's got a nine, nine-year-old team. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. you give these kids the resources to develop mm-hmm. their talents. The MLS is starting but, to do that. But but when, <sighs> when, when you have somebody who's, I mean, because most of those people don't graduate from the academy. Right. And so what they do, they also go to school. They, they're not like, you're a soccer player, an only soccer player.
2: But here's my question. All right, so I understand that. But, and I'm going to use LAFC as an example. I mean, do they have, like, roving scouts cruising neighborhoods checking out pickup games? Like, how are they identifying these nine-year-olds there's I, tournaments. I, I, yeah. I, okay. Okay. I'm sure. I was at
1: several tournaments where okay. scouts must not have seen me. I think in a vacuum. Okay. Me too. You <laughs> and me D- both. The man. DC United scouts must have been looking at the other field when yeah. I was playing. I got not passed players. over a couple yeah.
2: times. <laughs> I had a couple times where I, I, we had a scout and I was pitching and they had to shake the gun. Though, yeah. You know, shout out Bill
1: Hamid used to be one of my rivals, and he's now a American National. Oh um, wow. DC United he's goalkeeper. Like third string goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, well, my, my parents have DC United tickets, and they—my dad still curses them out. Yeah, oh, he just my dad's my dad's keeping it real.
0: Roots run deep.
1: <laughs> Roots run deep. Um, but yeah, sorry to derail
0: that. a no, little No, back, no, you no, no. So I think we're coming up to an interesting crux in what we've been talking about, and what I want to ask you guys is—you know—we've talked a lot about how money talks in American sports, and mm-hmm. it's a saturated sports market. Is the fact of the matter is simple as until there's disruption in taking viewers away from the NFL,
2: basketball, etc. Is that the only way that soccer will be popular or can you have all together? I w- I, so I'm going to say you can have all together because you're not taking it away. For example, we just watched the Arsenal-Chelsea game this morning, Saturday. And I will absolutely still watch the AFC and NFC Championship tomorrow. Like It's not like soccer games sure. are competing with the NFL in certain time slots. And, I mean, they might be. They do, but okay. not, 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 not often. often. The po- not a one-to-one. The point being is if... Is if the, the United-Tottenham
1: game went into the Patriots game last weekend. People were very upset. Yes.
2: Some people, it sounds like, were very upset. But I, I, my, my point being, which is the average American Joe, is that to get involved in any sport, it helps if there's an emotional attachment from your childhood. Right. And it also helps if your city's team is a winner. And I know the LAFC made the playoffs last year, you know, wasn't a Cinderella story afterwards, but I can tell you right now that if either LA team were to go on a run and start knocking out championships, mm. the whole city would get behind them. Mm. Well, let me tell you this. And that's any city. The Galaxy's won five. I know. But what uh, What have you done for me lately? That was in the aughts. The, I'm sorry, the what? 20 odds. The, when was the, the galaxy's last chant you know, 09? When was uh the galaxy's last... are those is that, are those so... those
0: commonly referred so to? So as I'm an
2: electrical odds. engineer, so when I refer to wire it's like one aught, two aught and it just kinda sounds like 0-2. Sorry, I'm like nerding out right now. I think those are called the naughties. I that that's a leap. Uh, but I uh my my point being is that I mean I'm not here to speak for LA but in any big city it's what what have you done for me lately I um, agree I'm sure in New York City they're not still bragging about Manning's most recent championship I mean it's have you have you met New Yorkers Yeah I've met a couple I still think he can do it
1: Well I mean I, I no, your point is your point is right what I would argue too is you know the MLS being you know 96 I believe it was founded So Okay I not know How deep do those how mm-hmm. deep do those ties run you know I I grew I up that. with season takes the Baltimore Orioles that's right. They suck ass. But Correct. every year I delude myself into thinking they got a shot. I'm a
2: Padres fan, you and me both, man. Yeah,
1: and so like, you know, by May I've lost that dream. But every single year, you know, I'm I, I haven't lost that such a childhood grand you've been in my bathroom, I got a blueprint of Camden Yards. You know, that is part of me and that'll never go away. Arsenal, I am you know, James gives me a stick of this because I am not a lifelong Arsenal fan, whereas he had, you know, you know, the, the I would say good fortune, I don't mean any slight to this. To have a tie to Manchester United as a child,
0: going to games growing up, going to
1: games, he could wake up in the morning, you know, with his dad and watch these games, and you know, and, and keep in mind, Manchester United was, you know, the big dick swinger of the '90s and early 2000s. I'd have to Google it, but it it wasn't basically what you need to. Say. It's it was the Patriots that took all their chances. Understood. You know, they were that good, and Alex Ferguson was that good, Word. and all of those players were that good, and so. You know that, that that also helps James's tie. But you're right; you need that connection. And I haven't had glory, never. No, and no, I still I don't, have that connection. I don't think I've had? Yeah.
0: I I think it was pretty telling that you chose Arsenal. As, it was a as a, as a support. Even.
1: I like paint. I gotta be a sadist. It's something you know. What I mean, like yeah. a,
0: I choose paint. You should talk to someone about that. I'm talking to you. Talking to I us, mean, prof- I mean yeah. professionally. No, oh. Well,
1: not paying us yet, but they will. They will. <laughs> no, but yeah, I I, I agree with you. I mean, that's a big thing. It's it is that is that tie. And that's why you know, and I'm glad that and that's I. That's just that me time. personally, yeah. No, but I mean, I think it's the longer you're connected to something, mm. the harder it is to let it go. Mm. And you know, it sucks that sometimes you have this one way relationship with your sports team, where you know Arsenal doesn't really re- seem to care much about the mm-hmm. fans. You know, they have a good game day experience as far as like the amenities, but it's not like you could like you
2: hear Anfield. Just a quick a quick touch on that, being as someone who works in stadium design, the amenities. You are working sh-
0: stadium design,
2: of course. MA Engineers, Google us. The stadium <laughs> amenities are huge for the casual soccer fan in this country. I'm going to say they are a must-have for any new soccer building moving forward.
1: My question to you would be, do you think it matters that you designed a stadium in Los Angeles? No, not for this conversation. Okay. Mm. I think it would matter more in Los Angeles, but I, I was curious about mm. that. Um, but, you know, we are gonna, we are approaching an, an end to this interview, so I do want to kind of get a few more points on the table you know, I like I meant, I alluded to it a little bit. I think one of the big things that a, that the United States needs is momentum after a World Cup. I think that they oh, need about absolutely four. Absolutely, They need yeah. four or five consecutive wins to build. I agree. I don't like Pulisic going to Chelsea, but I think that that's going to do a lot because of that major TV deal that the Premier League mm-hmm. has with NBC. Hey, we're mm-hmm. going back to money. Correct. Right. So Pulisic is going to be on TV every weekend. I love that. Presuming Hazard
0: leaves, sitting up, they'll get the shot of him on the bench. Hazard's out. Hazard's out. Are you saying that's a one for one? Uh, Anyway. I'm saying... For a different time. I think he's brought in as a Hazard replacement.
1: Interesting. I don't think he's as good as Hazard. I just think that's what they're doing. Okay. Hazard doesn't want to stay. That's for the... We already talked about this on the previous episode. uh, Or on the the first part of this podcast. Which Um, has already happened. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's um, bring Andy into this. Yes.
1: So... I think that we need to have a, a successful World Cup. I'm talking that we need at least a quarterfinal run. Let's bring home the trophy. <laughs>
2: See, and that James I think is, is pro- just bursting out in laughter.
1: So but no, but that's that's the American expectation. Absolutely.
2: As, as, do you think it's a realistic expectation? Of course not. But that's why I root for an underdog because it wasn't realistic for us to walk into Lake Placid and slap those guys around. And so, if <laughs> we have to walk into Germany and go stomp down their door, we will. Wow. And as a side note, I just checked a list of the Premier League teams. <laughs> and uh, sight unseen, my favorite ham, my favorite team will be West Ham United. Ooh. That was Have Ronald. you heard of Mia Khalifa? Yeah,
1: Mia Khalifa is a fan of
2: yeah. West Ham United. I did it's also the Green Street th- Hooligans, which e- is,
1: they're not a huge fan of that being there. I did not know that. The reason why I
2: picked them is because Ronald Weasley was famously a fan in the Harry Potter books. Was he? My second favorite yeah. team would be Newcastle because I've sampled the beer and I enjoy it. <laughs> well, w- one of the fun, fun ways I was thinking about wrapping this up was
0: you described to me what you look for in a team and we could pick you out a team to support. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right idea. All right. Yeah. I'm cool with that. All, all right. right. Give me what do you want?
2: Five okay. characteristics. Uh, well, get, wait, but, but this is a team in the Premier League. Yeah. We're giving you a Correct. Premier League team because okay. we're all LAFC fans. Okay. okay. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Dale, dale, dale. Go. Absolutely. Okay, number one, I don't want it to be a team that's too good because I don't want them to just go root for like the top team. That's that was part point. of
1: my qualifications okay, as well. so I don't
2: want them to be too good. Okay, okay, I that's want them respect. to have at least one or two young, hot-headed stars that I can get behind. Hot-headed?
1: Define hot-headed.
2: Like I'm not worried about showing up on TMZ, but it's like maybe like, a couple ejection- ejections a year. You know, you know, someone that the crowd okay. will get behind. You know, a Joey Bosa, if you will. Just of- a real cunt. You're allowed to say
1: that in England, so it's, it's not. You, you looked at me like you were terrified England, I know I know that you have said it in the workplace yeah. and had some troubles there. Yeah,
2: I uh, have to refute that. But <laughs> I, uh, very good. No, I'm, I'm moving forward. In England, that's like, like,
0: hey, what's up? Can very I-? good.
2: Yeah, very good. Uh, so I want a couple hot, you know, star hotheads, kind of like uh, Ibrahimovic, but like. And then also, I want kind of an underdog, you know, someone who will kind of rise to the occasion, like the cardiac kids. Mm -hmm. And I also want some name recognition. So if I meet, you know, a new friend in Los Angeles and she likes soccer and she likes the Premier League, I want someone who she's like, oh, okay, you like them or oh, like I know them. Recognizable. And lastly, Mm -hmm. frankly, uh, I would like, since I live in Los Angeles, I would like a team with a lot of supporters that live in LA that have like a you know I'm making this up a West Ham bar or a Newcastle bar and if it oh, has yeah. to be Chelsea yeah. fine but okay. like you see what I'm saying like I want somewhere where I can go hang out with other like-minded soccer fans hmm. and not not all of those have to be met right? that is tough sidebar yeah <laughs> okay. there's no there's no. Uh...
0: There's no exact. Uh, I'm a pretty picky guy. Uh, yeah.
2: And obviously, this is me in a laboratory creating my favorite team. So, I mean, I'm cool with like. Well, let me you me say the first two teams that I thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah so what comes to mind?
0: mind. Uh,
1: yeah, it was Tottenham and it was Leicester.
0: Oh, Leicester. Ooh, yeah.
1: Because Vardy's a bit of a cunt. Yeah, he is a bit. Uh, they've they've won in a remarkable fashion. Leicester's a very good one. one. Yeah, and Leicester's it's a team that you know that they've shown that in the right circumstances. They could rise to the occasion. They come through a lot of adversity. Right. Okay. Their
0: owner, Incredible. their owner oh, yeah. uh, died in a plane crash oh, this year. Helicopter.
1: Cr- he left after the game. He left the, He was leaving the pitch, and his helicopter crashed right outside the stadium. The goalkeeper
0: Again, came running out and tried to pile through the wreckage.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, and and yeah. truly, you know, the 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 outpouring of support and love for him tells me a lot about that city and that team and what that team means to that city. You're talking about ties. This guy took a team into the Premier League and two, league, two years later won
0: it. Here's a funny question. Are, were you familiar with Leicester winning the Premier League at all? Does that mean anything to you? No, it doesn't. And not. it's not a trap. I think it's an interesting point that this That's thing true. was, was 5,000 to 1. And I've asked so many 5, people... 5,000 to 1 odds. Wait, this was a
2: couple years ago, right?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it rings a bell. Popped up on my news feed. So many yeah. people I've asked about this have no idea that this happened. And I think it's hard to overstate how... Unusual and surprising this was.
1: Yeah, I I don't know exactly what the, 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 the original odds were, but there were there were parlay bets with that one horse winning the Triple Crown, Donald Trump winning the White House <laughs> before the primaries, and right. some other ridiculous thing, and just Lester winning the Premier League was even less likely. Did anybody get that? There were a few people that did, and then Bookies bought them out with like oh. 10 games to go because right. they were like, I can't afford right. to pay this yeah. out. Okay. You're like, sure, I'll take your hundred bucks on Lester winning the Premier League. Thanks for the three hundred bucks. Lo and behold, they're going to have to pay out like five hundred thousand or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah crazy. Uh, I mean, We yeah, had Tottenham just out. because Deli Alley. He wanted a young yeah, oh, stud oh, hothead. Yeah. Why don't I? Uh, uh,
2: since Lester's already won it, why don't I just go with Tottenham? Well, that would make you and Pat uh, mortal enemies. Well, luckily, uh, I've got sixty pounds on Pat. But uh, you want to my? Uh, have you guys? Have <laughs> you guys ever fought? No, no, no. I don't think not. we would. I don't think we would. Mm, no, no. We're intellectuals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Now, Andy and I have um, I'm not a hooligan. Yeah. We've been we've been through a lot together as as, as boys. We've been boys for yeah. Shit, man. Probably think,
2: probably like fifteen years at this point. Eighth grade, oh three. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lester's a good one for you. I do. I'm not mad at that.
1: Yeah. And so we're they're they're sitting just above mid table. You know they're they're going to need a hell of a push. I think with what what United push
2: someone I can get behind. Yeah, it's a good one to watch right now. And if I meet, say, you know, I you know pick some, you know, I I, I make a new friend, you know, from England, she would know who Leicester is because I noticed you said she there. Yeah,
0: can you elaborate on that?
1: How just before you do, maybe a second question. Sorry to cut James off. How many women have you met in Los Angeles who've asked you about the Premier League?
2: Absolutely none. so that's why therein lies the problem (laughs) I'm always trying to become more cultured to learn about other exciting cultures especially um, when it comes to making new friends I think that that's so Lester you're having to know Jamie Vardy Lester Lester yeah
1: Um, Jamie Vardy's your star
2: Lester yeah, that's Jamie Vardy remember that and, and he's you know, a hothead and he is a hothead and he scores against the big teams see big players make big plays yeah and you're I'm gonna always, like Vardy okay, James Vardy there's a, there's a little rhyme that goes with it it's Jamie Vardy's having a party bring your coke and Bacardi
0: love it so remember that one um I noticed we're at forty-five. We made a New Year's resolution. Thank you guys for having me we were, on. Yeah, we were gonna, you know, keep things to time. And Andy, I, I would like to open up the floor in case there's anything you want to leave the uh, the listeners with. Something I, to remember you by.
2: Absolutely, I I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to be on here. And to all of the the purists out there, don't take it personal. I would love for every American citizen to both. Love soccer and know two or three languages, but, you know, we live in an imperfect society and an imperfect world, and the really exciting thing is that three guys like this are willing to sit down, hash out the issues, and trumpet those issues to the people that are listening. So with that, enjoy your teams, enjoy your sport, and I would love to be on the program again, fellas.
1: Man, it was an absolute blast to have you, and yeah, I, I think I speak for everyone, who's made it this far that we we can't wait to talk to you again. So Absolutely. Uh yeah, that'll do it man, but but absolutely loved it. Great time. Thank you.